Yeah. 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 Chrome hard set to Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in pallets that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at a decent average. It's Monday evening, and that can mean one and only thing. Wow, actually, it's not Monday evening, Kenny. It's Tuesday. I'm so used to saying Monday evening. It's Tuesday evening. It's time for Mano a Mano Live on a special a Tuesday edition of our show. I'm here with my comrade, Kenny T, and we have a lot to discuss. Uh, let's let's just hear to some of the sights and sounds of, of this weekend. Here we go. There's a big right hook, so Van Wright's being landed by Canelo. Oh, look at Bebo. Look at him go. So that was Dimitri Bevo doing his thing, Kenny. Doing his thing. Before I start cooking on this, I want to hear from you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that was Dimitri Bevo unloading five and six punch combinations against Canelo on the ropes after absorbing the best shots that Canelo could throw at him. Kenny, you were watching this live on TV. What was it like seeing it live? Uh Probably just as action-packed as it was seeing it in person. I didn't watch the full fight card, unfortunately. I only got to catch the Canelo fight. But, uh, yo, lots of excitement and uh, even worry. Shit. Uh, it's like, you know, when, when you make that pick in boxing, you know how you go for your pick because you, you want your pick to be right no matter what? I had that feeling because I'm, damn, damn. Oh, fuck. Canelo. Didn't I tell you that? You're not looking good. Fuck. <laughs> Damn, Canelo, shit, no, oh, fuck, Canelo, you getting rocked, you getting rocked, bro, damn. So, you know, it was a lot of excitement, not necessarily uh, uh, from the, oh, shit, my pick is winning, but a lot of excitement from the, wow, I can't believe B-Bowl is doing this shit and looking so good at doing it. This guy, yeah, very exciting uh, 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 fight from B-Bowl's side, not necessarily from Canelo's side, but I am A-okay with that. I just need good fights, exciting boxing, and I need the risk to be taken don't be afraid to lose out there take that risk do not be afraid to lose if you if you're afraid to lose and you don't take the risk then you can never win so yeah well that's absolutely true i mean he did take yeah he did take a risk going up to 175 again for a second time and you know there's been a lot of monday morning quarterbacking about it uh you know or i should actually say sunday morning quarterbacking and now uh, people are like ragging on Canelo. Um, I've heard uh, a bunch of things said about him. I did a bunch of lives when I was out there in Las Vegas. Um, interestingly, I went out onto the strip the Friday before the fight, and Canelo fans, uh, mostly Mexicans, of course, were calling for uh, Canelo by knockout as a prediction. I heard as low as a third-round knockout by uh, an African-American fight friend that's a huge Canelo fan, but I also heard it from a bunch of Mexican-Americans too and Mexicans. I'm talking third-round knockout, fifth-round knockout, sixth-round knockout, eighth-round knockout. I was telling them as I was speaking to them, hey, you know, this dude is like a legit world champion. He's undefeated. 
he he was all had all kind of accolades and international titles and medals as an as a uh, as an amateur. You guys are sleeping on Bivol. Like I just don't really see how this fight does not go the distance. And you know, uh, salute to Antonio uh, from um, Supreme Boxing, and salute to Ryan O'Hara. I was sitting with them before the fight, and all three of us, you know, speaking to one another believed that uh, Bivol was going to win this fight. And all of the people I was speaking to in the arena, you know, that were predicting these knockouts, I was telling them live on camera, you guys are probably going to be surprised by what Bivol is able to do. I mean, you saw it, right, Kenny? That the streams that I was doing the night before, the day of when I was at MSG, people really were believing in Canelo by knockout. Um, Very few people were saying Canelo by decision. And um, a few people were, were, were saying Bivol by decision. So it was all very interesting to me. Uh, but uh, let me know, uh, you know, Kenny, uh, the, the vibe uh, that you were getting from the telecast uh, watching it on the fight. I want you to talk a little bit about the commentary. The, the commentary uh, wasn't actually that terrible. You know, you would expect the commentary to uh, just be canelo sided and canelo fan wagon the way they that use they usually be doing going for the better fighter uh or for the fighter they think is going to win but that wasn't the case as you heard uh in that little uh, audio clip you played uh they were definitely showing bevo his love and i do hope that bevo gets his flowers now you know bevo needs to start getting some big paychecks he needs to start getting that respect he was talking about and demanding uh but the but the the stream the the live stream it was it was it was pretty dope man i can't i can't complain about the uh announcing i can't complain about it they were they were giving bevo his props as i said you know bevo looked amazing for every hard punch that canelo landed or looked like he landed bevo came back with a with a bunch of punches yo good great amazing jab and footwork canelo needs to figure something out because he wasn't jabbing at all he was only going for power punches and and one thing that i was very very extremely surprised about was that canelo didn't have any second third fourth or fifth game plans you know what i'm saying that's something that i always remember uh uh mayweather having and mayweather doing he always had a, a several backup plans in his arsenal and he would always switch styles and stuff like that i didn't see canelo do that he didn't have any adjustments he he just kept it one way the entire fight, well, and it wasn't working, and he kept it going. I did see a few things. I just didn't see them working. So first thing I saw is, like, the typical, like, high guard defense, right? The second thing I saw was him trying to lure Bivol to the ropes and try to get him on counters, right? And, and then terrible. later on in the fight, what I saw was him, was him trying to attack uh, Bivol and go more on, on, on attack mode. So I did see things happening. The problem for Canelo is that Bivol had answers to everything that he was trying to do. Um, and Bivol, to his credit, was willing to not just engage on the outside and jab, but uh, also get in on, there on the inside and bang. Um, I think Bivol was very, very determined, obviously. And he was also very, very consistent um, with, with his attack and really was was uh, determined to, to see it all the way through. You know, uh, importantly here, there's been a whole debate. um, And shout out to Joe Habib from Ringside Reporter, who's talked about it. Um, You know, now, after the fact, a lot of people are blaming this loss 
on size. I find that very interesting because I didn't really hear anyone talking about size going into this fight. Uh, the last light heavyweight Canelo fought, Sergey Kovalev, was much bigger than Dmitry Bivol. Okay, and of the current crop of light heavyweight champions, Better Beef, Joe Smith, and Dmitry Bivol, uh, Bivol is the, the the smallest in in, in terms of size uh, of all three of them, and. Interestingly enough, being there beside Canelo, being there beside Dimitri Bivol, Canelo's much thicker than Bivol, uh, much more muscle mass than Bivol. Bivol has actually kind of got kind of a slaller, uh, sorry, a taller, more slender physique uh, than Canelo. Also interesting to me, too, is that a guy that Canelo already beat, Joe Smith, uh, not Joe Smith Jr., uh, Callum Smith. I saw Callum Smith at the... Uh, Madison Square Garden um, the week before the Canelo Bivol fight. And Callum Smith was there supporting his brother uh, who was fighting uh, Jesse Vargas. I'm talking about Liam Smith, of course. And Callum Smith is actually bigger than uh, Dimitri Bivol. Like Callum Smith, I was actually very surprised at how big that dude is in person. Much bigger than Dimitri Bivol. Um Honestly, I don't know how that guy ever cut down to 168 because I'm six foot four and he was like almost up there with me in terms of height. So, you know, it's very interesting that after the fact that uh, now all of a sudden uh, size is being cited as a reason for the loss. Look, I'm, I'm siding with Joe Habib on this. Uh, I believed it all along. Uh, and I said it going into this fight. It's all about skills. Okay, Uh, the size did come into play to a certain extent, but it was mostly about skills. The thing about size that I feel played the most important role, Kenny, is that Bivol has been accustomed to taking light heavyweight punches his entire career. He he, uh, his entire professional career has been fought at the light heavyweight weight class. He's fought big light heavyweights, including Joe Smith Jr. He's felt big light heavyweight punches and he's sparred. Uh, cruiserweights and heavyweights in preparation for big fights. So the power that Canelo was launching at him, yes, bothered him to a certain extent in terms of his arm. He had a lot of bruising, swelling on his left arm after the fight. But he said it in the post-fight press conference. I was there. The power to the head and to the body really was not a concern for him because he was ready for it defensively. And when he did get caught with it, he was able to ride it through. Kenny? He also stated uh, at the post-fight press conference, I believe it was, that he's fine with getting his arm beat up and bruised, that his head was fine or whatever, uh, that he didn't really take no damage to the head. But, yeah, man, look, I, I do think that it was Bivol's skill that won the fight. I'm not sure that size played the, a, a role against Canelo because he's fought big dudes before. It's the same thing. I just think uh, Canelo was maybe a little too heavy heavier than maybe he should have been because he did have a problem carrying the weight. He would get tired. Every time that he would let out punches in volume, he would get tired. And everything that he was letting off was in power. He, he wasn't letting off nothing that was soft. Um, so there's a big difference that of what I saw in the fight with Bevo and Joe Smith Jr. and Bevo and Canelo, right? Uh, be, uh, um, Joe Smith Jr. is a bigger guy than Canelo. 
who has the more power? Who knows? Maybe Joe Smith Jr. because he's naturally 175, but Canelo's a powerful dude, right? Cool. Joe Smith Jr. lets out punches and bunches, high volume, extremely high volume. And that is part of the reason why he was able to buzz uh, Bevo in the 10th, 11th round. I don't remember. Uh, but Canelo wasn't letting anything off in volume. It was all ones and ones and twos and just trying to land the power to finish them off. He did fall in love with his power, as I heard quite a few people say. Um, and there's one question I want to ask you, actually. Go for uh, it. So, and I do agree with this statement. Uh, Mike Tyson had his own little uh, post-fight little commentary, and he himself says, that Canelo didn't jab, that Canelo forgot he had a jab. He didn't use the jab at all. He was just throwing hooks and, and body body shots, hooks and straights and stuff like that. Um, and that if he would have thrown the jab, that would have been a completely different different fight. And he also added in there that there wasn't enough head movement from Canelo. I agree with both statements. The head movement Canelo had for a specific moment, and it was working. But, again, I think the weight played against him, a role against him in that part because uh, – yeah, he wasn't able to do it for long enough. And the jab, bro, the jab opens everything up. But talk to me. What are, what are, what are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts well, regarding well, what Mike Tyson first said regarding Canelo? First thing I have to say about that is that Mike Tyson struggled against big dudes. Um, I mean, look at his performance against Lennox Lewis as an example. So that's the first thing. The second thing I got to say about it is Canelo being the smaller guy was actually not the quicker guy. In a lot of time, in a lot of um, scenarios, in a lot of fights, the, the smaller guy will, will often have a kind of a speed advantage. This was not the case on Saturday. The speed advantage was definitely with Bevo. He was faster in terms of throwing one shot. He was quicker in th- terms of uh, throwing combinations. And most importantly, or at least just as importantly, his footwork and his feet were much quicker. Uh, so anytime Canelo tried to... Uh, you know, unload an offensive barrage, uh, which honestly didn't happen very often, as you said, Kenny. Bivol would move and Canelo would have to reset. And Bivol would also jab and cause Canelo to reset. It's very difficult in boxing to out-jab someone who's not just longer than you, but also quicker than you and faster than you. So, you know, he didn't just have a height disadvantage, but he had a speed disadvantage. Uh, which is something that was not the case against Callum Smith. And it definitely wasn't the case against um, Caleb Plant, right? So in those in those fights, I, he, he wasn't significantly slower than his opponent and was able to keep up in terms of the jab. But this was difficult for him to do uh, Saturday night. And um, again, it goes to also his style. People tend to forget that Canelo is like a natural counterpuncher. Uh, he'll attack you when he's got you hurt. But when he's fighting as a counterpuncher against someone who's really not allowing him to get off, to tee off with pot shots and counter check hooks, you saw him when he was luring Bivol into the ropes, right? And what was interesting that Bivol was doing was that he was constantly moving his head and he also had his right hand up, all right, which allowed him to block any counter hook that was going to happen. So very impressed. Let me get to the super chat real quick. Uh, hold up. I got to get, make sure I ding the bell real, real good for my brother Nando. All right. Uh, Nando's a 
supporter, being a member, and he's also a subscriber. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification button. Ding that like button, please, for me. Uh, Nando says, respected Duvall, but this was Sturm De La Hoya. Duvall's main accolade in this fight was absorbing Canelo's power. I'm not convinced Bivol is the best at 145. I rarely disagree with Nando, but I definitely... 175. Disagree. Yeah, 175, sorry. I definitely uh, disagree with uh, absorbing Canelo's power. He didn't have to absorb Canelo's power because for the most part, he wasn't there to be hit with clean headshots and body shots. For the most part, Canelo's power was being absorbed on the arms. And as Ryan Garcia, of all people, actually said in a tweet, those are not scoring blows in the sport of boxing, Kenny. Listen, man, a lot of people had the world to say after uh, Canelo lost. I uh, I tweeted about that, too. It's like everybody has everything to say. No, no, no Everybody was play- praising Canelo before, but after, everybody got everything to say uh, that's negative about how they knew he sucked and and he'll lose and and like you have dudes like Caleb Plant coming out talking shit about his statement oh pretty good right and all that other stuff you got f- people who he fought before and people who want to fight him uh like Usman like like jokes like that you know coming out of left field talking the most smack I think that people who are afraid to take a risk should just shut the fuck up especially a dude like Ryan Garcia. Yeah, of course. Uh, a punch in the arm is not a scoring punch. We know that. But still, shut the fuck up. Don't even tweet about it. You scared to take the risk, boy. Stop playing. Fair enough. Uh, so, look, I'm, I'm getting some questions here. I, I got one from Gator in the chat asking me if Bivol beats Usyk. I don't believe so. Um, it's It's... For the kind of a similar reason that I that I knew that Bivol was going to give give all kind of trouble to to Canelo, it's it's not just the height but the speed, and Usyk uh, is a much bigger guy than Bivol. Again, a, a lot of 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 attention was played to to Bivol's size advantage over Canelo. Okay, well Bivol is six foot tall. Usyk, you've seen him too in person, Kenny. You're six three. I'm six four. Usyk's the same height as you. He's a big guy. He weighs yeah. 220. Uh, this is a totally different fight. This is a six foot three guy that weighs over 220 pounds who boxes from the southpaw stance and who's been hit by the likes of Anthony Joshua and almost knocked him out after going 12 rounds with him in his hometown or home area anyway. So, no, I do not think that Bivo would beat uh, Usyk. And for the record, I didn't think that uh, Canelo would beat Usyk. And I thought that talk was crazy going into the fight you know yeah seeing seeing uh seeing the size difference between him and Bevo and seeing what uh what some good footwork and a, a nice long jab uh could do against a much smaller opponent you know yeah that that, that going up to heavyweight talk that's all the way down um but no look I I, I think that he's gonna be just fine Canelo. Uh, but by the way, one thing I do was, want us to speak about is, uh, is uh, the way that people are going at Canelo because Canelo said that he didn't think he lost the fight after the fight, um, and saying uh, that just saying that if it, if it was this fighter they wouldn't be forgiven. If it was that fighter they wouldn't be forgiven. It, uh, oh, another T.O. from Lopez. Blah 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 blah. 
you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on that nonsense that has been getting well, said? I was, I was in the crowd. Uh, they had the majority of the media like way up in the box sections. Um, and I believed I heard most of the post-fight interview. And what I believed he said in the post-fight interview was that, look, no excuses. The best man won, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, this is sports. You win some, you lose some in sports and kind of you move on. Right. At least that's what I thought I heard. Uh, I then attended the post-fight press conference, which was in the basement of the building. By the way, the T-Mobile arena is a beautiful arena, Kenny, as you know, I get off track here, but uh, being used to going to the garden, like that's like another level of arena. Anyhow, I'm at the post-fight press conference and then Canelo starts to say that he thought he won the fight, which I found was super interesting because at least to me at the time was a 180 from what he was saying in the ring after the fight, you know, um, so I thought I thought that was very interesting, but I don't think it's the same as Teofimo Lopez. Teofimo Lopez, Teofimo Lopez, sorry, inter- was interrupting a post-fight interview, saying that he won, saying that the fix was in, saying that he got robbed. You know, meanwhile he was all swollen up, cut up. I mean, everyone saw that he lost the fight. Uh, Canelo didn't interrupt Bivol's post-fight interview. He wasn't throwing a tantrum in the middle of the ring. Uh, he said he thought he won the fight at the post-fight press conference, which, to be honest with you, a lot of fighters say after they've lost the fight. Um, having said that, I, I only scored two rounds clearly for Canelo. I had one round, a swing round, and I could have easily scored the fight 10 rounds to two. I actually scored it nine, two, and one with a swing round that could have gone either way. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, man, Uh I think uh, people definitely uh, took part of his statement and ran with it to create their own clickbait uh, YouTube content. A lot of people running off with that. Um, And it just doesn't make sense saying, oh, because it's Canelo, he's going to get away with it. But if it was Errol Spence, if it was Bud Crawford, if it was such and such, and they said something like that, they wouldn't get it. It just sounds so foolish to me. Uh, It doesn't make any sense at all. And, and, he said exactly what you said, and I'm pretty sure that he will come back after he watches the fight, and he will have his own statement. You know what? I didn't win the fight after I reviewed the tape or something like that because the man be saying the truth. He like he really be trying to be the most truthful as he can to to his fans, and he also be uh, trying to be a man in his words what he says to his fans. With that being said, uh, I think that's a good segue to the the topic of. Is he going to fight Bevo next, or is there going to be a triple G, uh, 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 triple G three fight next for for Canelo? Uh, since I think he's a man of his word, and he's going to try to wrong right his wrongs, mm. I think that he's probably going to try to go right for Bevo, especially because he already has the one seventy five on him. Why go down and wait to then go back up and learn how to deal with the weight once again? Just stay there, keep your weight at the same place, and train your cardio, get, get yourself better at throwing a higher volume of punches at that weight class and practice for Bevo style, not for whatever you was practicing for before. Well, uh, what I think he should do is, I mean, it, it's difficult because I honestly don't see him beating Bevo. So 
I mean, why? I, I understand wanting to go back and avenge a loss. That's what my favorite fighter of all time, Lennox Lewis, did twice. So I get that inclination. So I guess that's what I would do if I was Canelo. So um, Canelo met his match. Yeah, I, absolutely he did. Now, as as maestro management, if I put my management hat on, you know, we get that consultation deal with Team Canelo. You know, maestro management is going to tell him, listen, uh, go for that Triple G fight, you know. <laughs> go for that Triple G fight. And let's see how the light heavyweight division shakes out. Um, failing that, you know, maybe you do try your luck and see if you can get uh, – Bivol to do what he said he would do, which was come down to 168 pounds and and fight for your titles. Because at the end of the day, to me, that's the only reason that rematch would even be interesting. I don't think it was a competitive fight at all. I only like seeing rematches when there's a competitive fight or when there's like a knockout that came out of nowhere, you know, kind of with like Lewis Rockman, you know. But when you're comprehensively beat over 12 rounds, like I don't necessarily think you're entitled to a rematch. I get it. AJ gets those. They're put into his contract. Apparently, Canelo has one of those in his contract, too. But as a fan, I don't need to see this again at 175. It becomes kind of interesting at 168 because then if you're Bivol and you can actually make 168, you can silence some of the haters. You know what I mean? Um, because now what's the excuse? I, I, I'm i not that much bigger than him. He's physically wider than me i'm physically taller than him but we weigh around the same weight you know but hell you you guys think that 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 i beat him only because of my size okay here we go 168 and i'm gonna take all the belts to be undisputed what about you kenny that'd be crazy wow that'd be a crazy move from bevo um but now nah, look man i don't know if he should be going for triple g3 not right not right at this moment. If he does that in the future, sure, great, amazing. Right at this moment, I'ma tell you. I'm the type of dude I go for the toughest of challenges. I don't, you know, and I think that is his toughest challenge. And he just took a loss. Yo, fight it, fight him again. If you lose again, yo, you it, it, move on. Move on. Don't go back to 175. Stay 168 and below and see if you could fight him. Uh, Canelo Bivol 3 at 168 at that point and Avenger lost that way or something. I don't really see I, I understand why you would suggest Canelo Triple G3 because for for Canelo that's what would make more sense is a payday, is a very winnable fight where he's probably going to look amazing, probably going to get a knockout and put himself right back on the boat that people say he just fell off from or at the top, the right to on the top pedestal again. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, but I I want him. I would like to see him fight Bevel again and see if he's going to change something, go back to training and show and see and show us that he is the best fighter of in boxing currently and he is the greatest right now, you know, because that's what the greatest boxers, fighters, uh, uh athletes do. They t- you know, defeat the biggest challenges. All right, I believe we have Nando on the line. Nando, real quick, I'm just going to respond to Chauncey's super chat. Chauncey, thank you so much. All right, uh, Chauncey Pearls, was Canelo's loss good for boxing? I heard Joe Habib. By the way, everybody's got to subscribe to Joe Habib's channel, Ringside Reporter Live. All right, they're one of the best doing it. All right, if you want good boxing news and an analysis, make sure you check them out. All right, he discussed this. 
I think it is good because it shows that a guy can come off of uh, come up as a B side and, and win and not get totally robbed by the judges. Uh, so I think that's a good thing. I think the fact that the right man won against the most popular fighter in the sport is a good thing for boxing. Nando, are you there? Hey, hey, I'm okay. Hey, uh, Kenny, how you guys doing? Good, good, Nando. How are you, fam? Good, good. Hey, I skipped my workout because you guys come on at 3 o'clock today, so I was like, man, I'm not missing today for nothing. Oh, um, man, I'm sorry we did that to you, bro. I was, I was on the road, and we couldn't, no, we couldn't make it happen yesterday. No, no, today. Today, I knew you were coming out today. I like to get to the gym like around 3 o'clock over here on the West Coast. But it's all good. Don't worry about it, man. I, I want to talk to you guys. Awesome, awesome. Um, so what do you think, fam? I agree with Chauncey and with you guys about this is good for boxing. Um, it kind of ties back. I called him the shoe shine yesterday. We are kind of talking about it. This fight reminded me of a couple of different fights. One was the Sturm De La Hoya fight because De La Hoya couldn't, could never move Sturm. Right? It was just too big for him. You know, or, or he could take his power at least, right? And it also reminded me of Bernard Hopkins versus Tito because Canelo was kind of like in the Tito zone for a little bit where he was moving up in weight and still knocking out people, right? And Right before the Hopkins fight, they're talking about, oh, he's going to take out Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, that, that William Jones, that William Joppy fight was something. That knockout was something at the Garden. It was amazing. It was amazing. He was on, Tito was on a run like no one else, right? And so it was kind of like what Canelo was doing. And I think they both kind of fell into the same trap. They fell in love with their power, you know? Because once Canelo couldn't, couldn't hurt him anymore, it just felt like he couldn't hurt him. He, he was kind of out of answers. And he kind of, like, got discouraged. And you could just, you could just feel like the... The momentum in the fight changing towards Beeble. Once Canelo figured out that, hey, I can't hurt this guy. I can't run. Because he did catch him a couple times on the chin. And it did nothing to Beeble. It just didn't move him at all. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Kenny, what what do you think? I was going to say what it did to Bebo was it made him upset, and, and and he came back with a barrage of punches every time he got tagged. That's what it did to Bebo. It didn't shake him up one bit. But um, regarding whether it's good for boxing or not, uh, I don't know, honestly, because uh, Charlo's still going to fight nobody. Um, the other dude, what's his name? Uh, Benavides, he's still going to be calling out Canelo for a fight, you know. Everybody's still going to be waiting and looking on Canelo for a fight. He's still got all the belts at 168. You know, the, how it, I don't think that it really changes boxing too much because everybody's still going to be waiting on Canelo uh, for a payday. I'll tell you this much, though. Bevo's name is definitely going to get called out a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. His stock is on the rise. Nando, let me ask you this. In terms of options, what would you like to yeah. see Canelo do next as a fan? I think him and Bebo are kind of tied together for the next year, but, and going back to the whole Hopkins thing, right? I think now now that Canelo lost to Bebo, Bebo is a bigger name, and it kind of elevated some division, right? And now there's a lot of big fights to be made at 175. You got Surlo, you got Bebo, you got Better Bev, you got Smith, you got Boatsy, you got Vlasov, you know, hanging out. There's a lot of big fights. And now it's kind of like what happened with the middleweight division back in the day when, when Hopkins knocked out Tito. They elevated Hopkins there. I don't know if you guys remember, but that middleweight division was kind of like nobody really cared about it until Tito showed up. Oh, 100%. And after that fight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Keith Holmes was a champion. Nobody cared. William Joppy was a champion. Nobody cared. People kind of cared about the ex- executioner as the IBF champ, mostly because of the consecutive defenses. But 
overall, no, like it was far from a glamour division. But, but going forward after that, that division blew up. Because after that, we had Winky Wright during the division. We had a Tug Pavlik. Jermaine Taylor. Uh, we had Jermaine Taylor. Exactly. That, and that's what I think might happen with the 175-pound division. I think going forward, that division kind of blows up a little bit. Because those guys aren't going to move up. They're going to stay there at 175 and kind of fight each other, you know? And maybe, again, going back to Canelo, maybe a year from now, Canelo jumps back into the mix, you know, maybe he tries it again. I don't think he'll be successful against any of those guys that's just judging from the B-ball fight. I don't think he'll be successful in a B-ball rematch. But I could see him trying his hand again sometime next year. I, Me personally, I think the Triple G fight makes more sense now than ever, you know, because I just don't, I don't think three months, you know, September is enough time for a, Canelo to adjust his game plan or his physical body or whatever he needs to do to pull out a win against people. I don't, I don't see it happening in, in three months' time. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. My question with all that then would be like the situation with the sanctioning bodies. I mean, this was an optional fight. Golovkin isn't obviously a mandatory under any of the sanctioning organizations at 168. I mean, does he get two you know, uh, optional defenses without having to give up one of the belts? What do you think, Nando? I think anybody becomes undisputed. If you hold off those belts more than a few months, you're lucky. Because eventually they'll start picking you off with their own mandatories, right? Yeah, I agree. So I think once you get to the mountaintop, once you get to that mountaintop, you're just going to go down no matter what. So I think at a certain point, regardless of what happened in this fight, Canelo was going to start slowly giving up those belts. You know, it, 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 they didn't, uh, they weren't to his uh, benefit to hold on to all of them and to uh, defend all of them. So regardless, I think he just needs to make the biggest fight. Continue what he's doing, making the biggest fight for the fans, and, you know, let the kids fall where they may. Last question well, that, for you, Nando. Go ahead, go Kenny. Ahead. No, I was no, going to say, ahead. last question, Nando. What's the bigger fight, the rematch or the Triple G fight now? I think both fights have a, have a little bit of stigma now, right? He comes back to Bevel, people are, gonna, are not at all going to be in his corner for that fight. They're going to, including myself, we're all going to be predicting Bevel by maybe even by knockout next time. And the Triple G fight, I mean, Canelo's coming off a loss and Triple G looking old. I guess I'll fight myself to the casuals as always, but like for us hardcore fans, we were never really that excited for that fight, I don't think, you know? Yeah. So I think Canelo's kind of, kind of in a pickle now that he lost the fight, but we'll see what happens going forward. I'm still excited for boxing. There you hey, go. Thank you for taking my phone call. I appreciate it. No, Nando, every time, bro, you're one of the biggest supporters of this channel and the growth of my channel, and thank you for helping me get to 2,000 subs this week. I appreciate it. Thank you, homie. Absolutely. That was Nando. All right, shout-out to Nando. Um, yeah. Go, go so, for it. So, 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 so the, the phone call led me to this thought and this, this topic of conversation, which mm. is Canelo says that he has six years left in boxing. And if he has six years left in boxing and he's, and he continues going at the rate which he went last year, that'd be three fights per year. Right? So six times three, that's 18 fights uh, 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 approximately that he'd have remaining. So if he's going to continue boxing, he's supposed to fight the best and biggest fights in boxing. Who are the names that he's going to fight? If he's only going to be fighting 168 and maybe 160 because 175 is too big. Who who does he fight? Who are the big fights in the big names? Well, the big names are Triple G. Um, uh, say, I, would well, that's say, one. I would say David Benavides. Two. 
in terms of competition, I would love to see David Morrell Jr. step up, but that's not a big name. Three. Um, not a not a big name though. Not no, a big no, no, big, big. I'm not saying big name. Big fight. Oh, that's a big fight. I would love to see that fight. I'm, I'm saying big fights. I mean, wait, 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 wait. I mean, David Morrell Jr. He he's got the most talent in the whole division, as far as I'm concerned. Straight out of Santa Clara, Cuba, he's he's been like obliterating <laughs> opponents, and he stepped into the game. Check out his record. No, nah, I know, I know. He's but like, let's, you, keep, let's keep you going. See the, you see the Tommy Fury plan, right? That he's on with these guys against losing records. He's David on the opposite. Peter's been doing the opposite. All right, so we got him. We got Jamal Charlo. Four. Okay. Um, and then does he starts rematching people? That's about it, bro. Then, then then does he start rematching people or beating like up and coming prospects? So they all all of the top names are one seventy five. That would be like more competitive. That's that's what I'm trying to go at. So if he can't fight or doesn't fight at one seventy five no more, what is there left for Canelo? That's because you know people are saying, nah, he shouldn't fight at one seventy five no more. That's it. He can't beat Bevo, but if he can't beat Bevo and he can't fight at 175 no more, then where are the 18 remaining big fights? Where are they? Who are they? I don't, I just, I don't see it. I don't see the 18 fights. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see it either. And um, yeah, I mean, look, in the immediate foreseeable future, we're talking Triple G. Potential Bevo rematch. Again, Maestro Management at 168. All two right, fights, two fights. Let's two keep going. Fights. Uh, David Benavides, uh, if he beats Lemieux, which most people think he will, and um, Jermall Charlo, four, you know, um, and like I said, David Morrell Jr., although he's not big enough yet. Uh, I don't really, Solo? we got the UK, we got the UK, shout out to the UK though, because they're in the building, they're in the building. Good evening, Tony. Good evening, Lennox was best. And everyone else joining us from the UK. Some people, I doubt those two would say it, but some people might be able to say Eddie Hearn could potentially sell a fight with John Ryder. What about John Ryder? No, we don't want that. John Ryder, Lennox was best. What about John Ryder? No, no, no. He's from the UK. Get that UK money. Get that UK money. What about what about what? <laughs> well, what about what about Tony Pugilism? You back in your boy Tony Pugilism? You back in John Ryder? Let me know. Let me know, Tony. Let me know, Tony. No, Yo, no way. Uh, I, I interrupted you earlier when you was getting to the super chat. You just clicked it off by mistake. Oh shit! Sorry, we had a super chat. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, I answered. You was getting to it, and I interrupted you. My fault. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, slight tendency says. Oh, by the way. Thank you for the super chat. Sly Tendencies is not only a subscriber. Sly Tony's is a member. So you get a double bell for that. All right. Uh, consider joining. But at a minimum, do me a favor and hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button and ding the notification bell. Please do it right now. You got 10 seconds. It only takes one second. All right. You got 10 seconds. It only takes one second. And then I'm going to get to the super chat. Ding the like button the notification bell, and jab the subscribe button, please. All right, here we go. Slide Tendency says Canelo took a risk. He didn't wait till someone was out of their prime or lost a belt. I'm guessing he's that, – that's like a Floyd dig to me. That sounds like a Floyd dig, Kenny. That sounds like a Floyd dig, Kenny. Oh, Tell yeah. Me Slide Tendencies. 
Mr. Cinco de Mayo himself, Cinco de Mayweather. Anyways, what I didn't agree with was the judging. First of four rounds, come on. All right, so I put that into a chat yesterday. Shout out to D-Style Boxing, El Capitan of 8CP, Los Hermanos Causando Panico. All right, and I said that's front-loading at its finest. All right, so in these closed fights, what I call front-loading is when they essentially predetermine the first few rounds so that if later on they need to put in a bullshit scorecard, they've got plenty of wiggle room. And that's essentially what happened because there is no way in hell that Canelo won the first four rounds of that fight. At most, I gave him one of those four first rounds. That's it. See, I knew it was a Floyd dig. I, 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 <laughs> I, I wasn't scoring the fight. I wasn't scoring the fight. Um, but no, I don't think he won the first four rounds either. That's, that's a little crazy. But still, yo, we only have five opponents right now for Canelo. Where are we going to go with these? We only got five. Five next fights. He says... They got the Battle of South London right there, Kenny. I highlighted it. All right, that's taking place on the 21st. All right, we've got Buati against Richards. Two South London light heavyweights facing off. It's a domestic scrap, as they call them. Zuldo. Right. Zuldo. The legendary Zuldo, who everybody loves, and I don't think is that accomplished. That's, the easy, that's easy picking. About, how did I forget about Zuldo? How did I forget about him? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, tell me. Okay, that's let me, your guy too. I don't know, man. I know you're not a. I know you're not big on Zordo. <laughs> I know you're not big on Zordo, Kenny. I know you're not. Is that I, I don't dislike him. I, I, like, just, I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. You. You. You just don't. You just don't think he's. He's as highly rated as Maestro Management and Maestro rates him. All right. Here in the People's Republic of Boxing. Okay. This is what the people are saying right now. The people are saying, and people tell me if I'm wrong. I'm your representative out here. All right, I'm your representative. The People's Republic of Boxing, Kenny, we've got something to say to Team KO, Kenny. What you got for me? We like that Zordo fight. Oh, I know. We the world that. likes it. We love that Zordo fight. The world loves it. At Cowboy Stadium. Put that fight at that new stadium I just saw in Las Vegas. Put that fight at that at that uh, stadium in, in Los Angeles that the NFL team plays at. That's a big fight. That's not a bad fight. That's a way of bringing it out. Serene promotions. So that's six. Word with Maestro. Look, you got the link, Karma Serene. The phone number's on the line there. You can phone in. You can let mm-hmm. us know. So we're up to what, six fights now? We got six. I like those. So did you add John Ryder for the UK people? No, nah, no, nah, I'm not adding John Ryder. Come on, add John Ryder for the UK people, Ken. Okay, all right, John Ryder, right, John Ryder. Lennox was out there asking for John Ryder. You know, Tony Pusilism was asking for John Ryder. We know Tony was asking for him for sure. Late show for Late Show Forty Two was out there asking for John Ryder. Come on, ding ding the bell for John Ryder. Ding the bell for John Ryder. Let's get John Ryder on that list. Uh, uh, so, so. So you're going to tell me, the next one that you're going to tell me is that you want to see Edgar Berlanga on this list too? Ooh, Don't you dare. Maestro management <laughs> like that fight. <laughs> Give me that. I went, where's Renel so at? I need, I, need that, I need some of that consulting money, bro. Oh, Maestro man. management's going to sign a, a consulting deal real quick. We got seven. We got seven. Throw that dog a bone. All right, so Berlanga, we got eight. We got eight. 
Right, right here at the Garden on Puerto Rican Day weekend. I don't even know if Canelo need to train for that one. What do you think? <laughs> huh? Nah, you don't want to take anybody lightly. Next thing no, you no, know, some, something random happens. Salute, salute, salute to, to Team Berlong. I like, I like Edgar. He's a good, he's a good guy. So, so now we go down to one sixty because we only got seven of eight opponents at one six eight. We go down to one sixty now. Some eight opponents. That's a lot of opponents. But but he says he's gonna be boxing for six more years. Oh Jesus! He said six. He said he got at least six more years in him, and at the rate that he's going, which is three fights per year, that's eighteen fights. We only got eight, bro. Okay, so my so so now we go down to one sixty or something, or, or or now we start entertaining. Oh, the Arrow Spencers at the catchweights and stuff like that. Like, what, what do we do now? Well, you know, Ko Kenny right now is pushing uh, Maestro management to its limits right now, but. Uh... I'm at, bro, I'm at the limit too. I'm like, oh, so, so now we're going we gonna to talk about Jaime Munguia at one, at a catchway 164 or something. So, shout out to the UK Massive, right? Shout out to the UK Massive. The jungle list right here is going to throw in another name real quick. All right. I'm going to throw in another name for Tony Pugilism, Lennox was best, and all the UK Massive out there. Throw in Zach Parker. All right. Let's get some big, big bang money from Big Frank Warren. All right. That let's let's go out. Yeah, that's the. You guys like Zach Parker, Tony? I know you guys are high on Zach Parker out there in the UK. What about Zach Parker, Tony? What about Zach Parker, Lennox Lewis? I'm sorry, Lennox was best. Let me know, Tony. Now, Lawrence O'Coley, Maestro Management, swerving that 100%. We don't need to go up to big Lawrence O'Coley. And it, by it, the way, by the way, all of these people blaming a vegan diet. On 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 the on the loss, go check with your boy Lawrence Acoli because he's a vegan. He's doing very well right now as a heavyweight. He's doing very well right now as a heavyweight. Go check in with your boy. All right, Tim, go check in with your boy Tim Bradley about the vegan diet. Go check in with your boy Bye Bye Jennings about the the, the vegan diet. Anyway, so we came up with some names. We got nine Diet Gate. Thank you, Jeff. You know I'm going to give you credit for that one. I'm going to do a live on that one tomorrow. We're going to call it Diet Gate. Let me make a little note of that somewhere. All right, so we're down to nine, right, Kenny? Yeah. Or, or do we start weight draining uh, fighters from 175 at a catchway? We say, okay, mm-hmm. one, between 168 and 175, let's do 171. So we're, 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 doing, we're, doing, we're back to Canelo. We're back to Canelo weight now? You know, I'm try, trying to, trying to yeah, Canelo okay, weight. Canelo weight. Hold up. We're trying to, trying to figure out. We got a call coming in from Ohio. I think I know who this is, but let me let him announce himself. Go for it, fam. Yo, what up, man? It's Sly, guys. How you doing? I knew it was my brother. Yo. yo. <laughs> Jeez, I was just going Sly. Sly tendencies is on the man. line. Just back here uh, watering, watering my plants. Mm-hmm. I uh, I meant to call you all earlier, though, about that, about the diet excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. It's, and I'm not a vegan or anything, but the thing that's so annoying about that is that every time you, every time you hear about those kind of excuses, it's always from people that aren't dietitians. They're not doctors. <laughs> they're it's all uh, fucking bro science people like Joe Rogan. Yeah, they're not. They're not nutritionists. It's, they're not a nutritionist. They're not like. Uh, uh, I'm not saying he doesn't have any expertise. Obviously, he's he seems like he's pretty well read, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't say much. But 
like for for him to say that though, it just kind of showed how, in my opinion, you know, like like think before you speak a little bit. This guy did an all meat diet because of a, because of the what a blogger told him. That wasn't a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I was laughing at that. And the other thing I was laughing about was why I don't understand this shit either. Canelo, like, I get why people are shitting on him because he's got a lot of haters. I understand that. And accusations and cherry picking and all this stuff. People don't understand that the main people that are criticizing him for supposedly doing that, the people that they like are fighting nobodies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, Charlo, oh, he, he, this is what happened when you, he was cherry picking and look what happened. He's fighting Selecki. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, and saying nobody wants to fight him. <laughs> like, come on, man. Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm saying you're right. I mean, Selecki is obviously the guy that uh, Andrade already beat. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I get it. Yeah, let them have their fun. You know, I get it. They, they want to crap on Canelo. I mean, we're Americans. Kicking people when they're down is what we do best, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No, nah, that, that I'm and, being that a hater. And, no, I mean, that, that, and, that and stealing resources overseas, but I digress. We don't need to go into that. Well, better not go there. Better not go there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. That's all. I just want to tell you all that and, uh, Show's going good, man. Oh, appreciate that, Sly. Appreciate that. All right, that was Sly tendencies. I want to show some footage real quick, Kenny, before we keep the topics moving. And uh, I want to show kind of, I think this is one of the examples of the Canela haters that I that I met after the fight. But if they, it might or it might not be here. Let's let it go. Bet on them. Yeah, I okay, I mean the. the hey, seven for seven today. He swallowed the shit out that hot dog, bro. <laughs> yeah, the big money would have been on Bevo for sure. Yeah, but I, mean, I had a parlay. I'm, I'm doing a parlay, so it didn't matter. You know? Yeah, but I love him, so that's why I bet on him. There you go. Boxing, boxing, you get turned on real quick. Well, you heard it right there. You know, absolutely. Have a good night, guys. Well, it's funny how quickly people turn on you when you lose a fight. That's there you go. Funny. I mean, you heard it right there, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yo, he ate the shit out the hot dog and then started I mean, talking smack. The night, the night before the fight, Canelo by KO, Canelo by third round KO, the Pelo, Canelo by five round, ten round KO. I was hearing it all. Um, very few people were picking Bivol, and then after the fight, you just heard what that dude said. Right, uh, Canelo fucked up his parlay. He loved him, but right now he doesn't love him anymore. So fuck Canelo. Hmm. Well, I mean, Canelo, you know, you'd probably be better off without fans like that at the end of the day. You know what I mean? That's how I kind of look at it, anyway. So, you know, uh, look, guys, it's sport. People are gonna win some. They're gonna lose some. And like we've been outlining, Canelo's got some options, right, Kenny? So. Why don't you talk about the option that we discussed that you like the most, and then we'll move on. Uh, Beevil. Beevil's the only option that you discussed that I like. Out of the rest of them, uh, you know, David Morrell is someone that he probably wanted to stay away from. Uh, then 
Edgar Berlanga, he he looked terrible in his last fight. I don't see that. You know, the guy has a lot of work to do. There's just, yeah, if you ask me, the best option is 100, 100% uh, Bevo, and not at 168, at 175. He has to do it again at 175. Why, Kenny? Maestro man That's the challenge. That's the risk. We don't like that deal. We don't like that deal. All right, but let me ask you this. What if Bivol's the one that's calling for 168? Because it actually wasn't Canelo saying 168. It was Bivol. Bivol wants those titles at Undisputed. You get a rematch with with Canelo, a guy you already beat easily, right? You get a rematch with Canelo, a guy you already beat easily. You get it for big bucks, and you get four belts served you on a platter. And then when you're done with that, you get to take on the winner of Joe Smith Jr., who you already beat against better Biv. Right, a fellow Russian, all right, for all of the belts at 175. Isn't that the move? If, if Maestro Management signing that deal with Vadim, right, and, and Team Bivol, that's what we're doing. Maestro Management needs to call him up because Maestro Management got some good ideas. That that put Bivol on a traje- trajectory to be that guy, bro. Like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, to become undisputed in two weight classes in like a year. You know, it'd be even crazier than what Canelo did at 168. Like, whoa. But, uh, yo, if, if it's uh, Bevo that wants to go to 168, then I'm all for it. Then they could, if anything happens, there can't be the excuses of weight drained or any of that stuff because it's Bevo calling for it. But if it's Canelo calling for him to go to 168, then I have a huge problem with it. So, you know, hey, I'm all for Bevo's greatness. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see him do great, great things. And it looks like he's definitely headed in that trajectory unless Baturbiev puts an end to that but we gonna see a lot of people here i saw in the comments earlier was saying that uh bevo outboxes and 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 beats uh baturviev and that baturviev is chinny and, and stuff like that so look I, I i don't know i don't know we gotta see it's punches and bunches baturviev is better, used to that weight better, class better yo i don't know i got my list of the most hated on fighters in the sport and as anyone who follows this channel knows canelo's at the top of that list you just saw an example as why. I mean, I, I showed the footage when I was out in Vegas interviewing fans after the fight, and there was a lot of hate on Canelo, a lot of hate. You know, they were offering me drinks and stuff, and I was like, no, 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 I don't drink Haterade. You can keep that to yourself. <laughs> All right, keep that drink to yourself. I'll stick to the seltzer waters. But I'd also have to add Tyson Fury to that list. And believe it or not, what's with all of this hate against Better Beef? I mean, the, the dude's undefeated. He's got all KOs. And it's like people continuously say that he's vulnerable. I mean, based on what? He got cut badly by a Marcus Brown headbutt. I believe it was a headbutt, right, Kenny? Yeah. It was a huge gash in his head. Why don't you tell the audience real quick? Give us the KO Kenny perspective of how Bivol dealt with that headbutt by Marcus Brown and turned it the other way around. I, I don't Baturbia, want to, I'm biased. So let me let you describe what the hell happened. Bro, he looked like Terminator out there. You see, you see, the, I forgot which one. In every fucking Terminator movie, this guy gets shot and he continues coming forward. He, they pull out the shotgun, ba-bow, ba-bow, and he just continues coming forward. Uh, bro, he got the craziest headbutt. From Marcus Brown, the same headbutt that Marcus Brown gave to Badu Jack. 
but he didn't he didn't soften up and like Badu Jack kept on fighting for sure. I'm not saying he did, but he wasn't the same fighter after he got that headbutt. But Turbiev got the headbutt and it was like he saw blood. It's like a bull. The guy started coming forward even more aggressively. And now it was like, oh, I have to stop this guy now. Because before that, yes, he was landing his things, but it was more of a calm demeanor, but Turbiev. And then he became the fucking Terminator. All right. The guy who be wrestling bears in Russia. That's who he became. All right. And you gotta respect the work that that man does. Let's 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 not let's not uh, undermine the work that Baturviev does and start hating on him. Yes, Bevo look great. Let's praise Bevo, but let's also praise Baturviev. Let's get out the let's get out the state of mind of hating and let's appreciate people. By the way, hit the like button if you're watching. Subscribe to my Astro Show. Us some love. Let's continue doing it. Let's keep going. Right, and if you're watching On Demand, you're definitely going to find the link to K.O. Kenny's channel in the description box. So if you're watching On Demand, make sure you hit that link so that you can subscribe to all of the content from my comrade right there, Mr. K.O. Kenny. Okay, and he'll be dropping a link to his channel at the end of the show as well. Let me get to some of these super chats speaking about respect. All right, Kamikaze says Canelo's a prideful guy. The rematch happens. I tend to I agree. agree with that statement. I agree, I agree. With that statement 100%. Chauncey Pearl says, and again, he's coming back. Little curveball Benavides beats Lemire, then calls out B-Vol at 75 and says, I'll beat the guy you couldn't. That's how you make your own lane. Just saying. Put Bro. an exclamation point on that stamp that that's that. let, let, let me find out we got another person there consulting with team Maestro management because that was a great take right there. All right, let's go to Kenny. Uh let's go to uh to Nando Kenny. He's back with a super chat. Thank you so much, Nando. He says immediate rematches after a big upset can be treacherous. I didn't even see the rest of the statement, and I already thought of just as well. I, Forrest Mayorga one and two. I Totally agree with that. Uh, or Winky Wright Mosley, one and two being excellent examples. Great, great take from my man Nando. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. I got to ask the chat something real quick. All right. First of all, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell for me if you're not already subscribed. All right. And if you don't already get notifications also, all right, consider joining the channel because it helps me do stuff like get out to Vegas and bring you very unique coverage of these fights. All right, those trips cost me money, right? So all of the support helps out. I actually went out there and uh, did some things I don't think anybody else in the games do. And I was bringing the People's Republic of Boxing to Vegas. All right, and we're getting out, we're getting new people out there too because I had all kind of live participation on the streams off the Vegas Strip and from the T-Mobile Arena. Tell me I'm lying, Kenny. Nah, bro, it was amazing. It, it, it was great. Lots lots of new viewers, lots of uh, people responding, having a conversation. It was great, bro. Very entertaining, very exciting. So definitely let's continue supporting my guy, Maestro, so he continue making these big moves. 100%. Thank you very much. So my question, though, is I was in Vegas. I didn't get to see the DAZN telecast. I didn't have the experience of buying this pay-per-view already being a sub of the zone. What was that like, ladies and gentlemen? I don't want to ask the chat. Was it easy? Was it easy to order the pay-per-view? Were you a little aggravated about 
ordering the pay-per-view once you ordered the pay-per-view was the experience good watching the pay-per-view did you get that big fight pay-per-view experience out of the zone app let us know your thoughts all right and share that in the chat share that in the comments box okay and i'm gonna get back to it after i say the following guys I said this on the box invoice. They're like, oh, Maya, so you already know the answer to that. Okay, I, maybe I know why they did it. That doesn't mean I don't agree with it because I don't agree with it. All right. Anytime you play a national anthem, you got to play all national anthems. I don't care where the person's coming from. All right. Because we live in a country that's done plenty of shit overseas. All right. Uh, a lot of us are from countries where the United States has done things in those places. I know my family is. So, you're not going to play the Russian anthem over what's going on in the Ukraine. Okay. All right. We get that. Then don't play any anthems at all uh, because it's a bad look when you've got the defending world champion, the WBA uh, super champion at 175 pounds walking out first being announced first and also uh, not having his anthem played when the opponent in the U.S. anthem is being played. That's just my humble opinion on it, all right? Um, but uh, let's get back to the issue of the, uh, the zone card. So what are we seeing here? Um, Nando saying it was fined and only cost me $60. He's cool with it, all right? Uh, Lil Penny saying replace them uh, oh, he's saying replace Chris Mannix and Todd Grisham with Chris Algieri. Okay. A boxing life says, uh, I agree with Maestro. He should have been represented. Okay. Um, what are we doing here? I just Late got... show says something funny too. They yeah, did say that. A, a pop up. All right. Uh, you can read it out. Kenny says facts. They even introduced Bevo as being from Indio, California. That is pretty fucking funny. Wow. He, I didn't, he even, was surprised. I didn't realize that that, that escaped me. Because Bevo said he was surprised himself that they introduced him as being from California. Wow, that's crazy, yo. Yeah, definitely hit the like. Thank you, Mr. Minority. Uh, RVM says they did. Bevo Dirty. I don't even think that was his actual walkout music either. <laughs> Damn. Um, I know that. Philly Drew says, wouldn't be surprised if the zone loses North American subs. Um, <laughs> JC says that the zone pay-per-view was straight, except commenting as usual. Uh, Lil Penny says the Russian national anthem should have been played. Uh, Virtuoso says, yep. Uh, and the comments go on and on and on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was just my opinion about it. But uh, let's get back to something else I wanted to talk about, Kenny. And if anyone needs a little bit of a reminder, excuse me for that. Uh, this was one of my favorite fights that took place last year. And I think that this fight has the potential to be fight of the year. All right, let's go back to July 17th, 2021, and have a listen. Misses with the left hook, counter shot lands for Charlo. Fans on their feet, anticipating sustained two-way action as Charlo goes to the body, right hand by Castaño. Up the volume with 30 seconds left in the sixth before Castaño comes back. It was one hell of a fight, as Floyd used to say. Charlo Castaño 2 is taking place this Saturday, and I'm calling it right now, Kenny. 
fight of the year. And I'm telling you why I think it's going to be fight of the year. All right. I'm going to tell you right now why I think this is going to be fight of the year. Bro, it's not on pay-per-view. We get this as part of the Showtime subscription. There's no extra dollars. There's no commercials and, and ads running during the fight. And most importantly, it's for the undisputed super welterweight championship of the world. World. I hear you, Buffer. <laughs> Let me do it again and see if you catch it. All right. Brian Castaño. Castaño. Oh, that's a fucking motorcycle <laughs> accident. That's my guy, David Diamante. Shout there out we to- go, David Diamante. Shout out, David. Shout out to David Diamante real quick. He's been showing me a lot of love recently. All right. Um, He's entertaining, too. Let, uh, Nando's telling me I'm going a little overboard with it. He's telling me. Oh, no, so, sorry. He's, he's actually going at Drew, not at me. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think fight of the year, bro. I was I was super excited about that fight last time. And it was During great. The fight, I was super excited about the fight. Lots of action. While it was taking place. And now, let me give you another little refresher, Kenny, before you cook. Here we go. But Castaño now returning fire. Hello to exit. Retreat, try to establish the jab. Avoids... Castaño continues to march forward as we head to round number eight. I mean, Castaño was marching forward. He was transitioning from offense to defense, back to offense. He'd throw punches, he'd catch them, then he'd throw punches again. I had Castaño winning that fight by a little bit, but I had him winning the fight. Kenny, what were your thoughts on the first fight? And what are your thoughts on the second fight? Charlo Castaño dos la revancha. Well, originally, in the first fight, I had uh, Charlo winning. And then uh, as I saw the fight, I thought it could have been a draw or Castaño winning. Uh, when I, Right after the fight, I had Castaño winning. Then I rewatched the fight. I literally, I've watched that fight like three times since then. <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I've watched the fight so many times that I could see how they got a draw from it. Because literally when I saw it right afterwards, I was like, oh, damn. I can't believe Charlo lost because Charlo was my horse in that race. You know, you always pick the guy you think is going to win the fight, the guy you put the bet on. I thought Charlo was that guy. But the second time around, oh, man, I think it's going to be a Tony Harrison versus Jermel Charlo 2 type of story. I think it's going to be that type of story. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anything that we've learned, look, history repeats itself. If, if, if I'm going to act like I know something, it's because I've seen it happen before. Or, uh, and this is the same exact case with Jermel Charlo in this situation. It happened before with, with Harrison, where it was uh, him potentially losing or a draw, you, you know, close fight, right? And same thing happened right now with Castaño and, and, and Charlo. So the second fight is going to be just as action-packed just that I see Charlo letting off a lot more of those punches. If he saw that fight, he's going to not let those rounds go at the end with uh, strong flurries or not even let the rounds go in the beginning. He's going to keep that jab strong for most of the fight, and he, I think he's going to definitely put Brian Castaño uh, out this time around. Although, who knows? Brian Castaño also said he's been training like a beast, but we'll see. We shall see. Who, who, who do you got? Who do you... Oh man, I gotta I gotta tell you something, bro. Um, well, the thing is, 
this, this is a good question, okay? I know people are going to hate on Maestro for this one. I already hear the boo birds coming out. Boo, don't do it, Maestro. You got to tell us what you think. Look, I don't want to pick. I don't want to pick this fight, right? Because I don't want my enjoyment of the fight to be swayed by who I picked going into the fight. I want to tell you right now what I think needs to happen for both for both of these guys. So, for Charlo, I think he needs to uh, be prepared to fight at a distance. I, I think he needs to maintain distance, a really strong jab. All right, and be prepared to disguise that right hand behind that right uh, that 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 left jab, and um, be also prepared to when Castanio does get inside, launch an uppercut. I think the uppercut's going to be key for Charlo in this fight. Uh, Charlo's a really good body puncher as well, and I think he's going to have to really invest in the body to slow Castanio down. Because one thing Castanio did really well in that fight was constantly push forward, constantly apply pass pressure, and constantly force. Uh, Charlo into uncomfortable situations like the time when he had him on the rope and kind of really buzzed him. Buckled um, the knee. Yeah, 100%. So uh, Charlo, Charlo's got to try to slow that down by, again, uh, using the jab, keeping it at distance, but also investing into the body. Let me um, just add one sentence to that. Last thing that Charlo needs to do is if he ever, if he gets another moment, where he has Brian Castaño weak and buzzed and falling back into the rope. Go finish that man off. Don't lay off of him and let him recover. Go finish him off. Finish him off right this time if you ever if you get to that point. Now continue. What does Brian Castaño need to do in order to win this fight? Well, Brian Castaño essentially essentially needs to press the attack and make it difficult for the judges to score rounds for Jermel Char- Charlo. How does he does that? How does he do that? He's got to, one, be prepared and be in tremendous shape, which I know he will be because his dad, honestly, is one of the most underrated trainers in the game. The way he's prepared his son, uh, I, I'm very surprised that he doesn't get more more, uh, more accolades as a trainer. But he's got to constantly being applied, applying pressure. He's got to be the one forcing the action, all right? He can't just be relying on... on, on uh, on a counterattack, he's really got to go forward. And he himself has got to attack behind the jab, which he does very well. He doesn't just plod forward. He uses his feet, all right, to get in and out of range. All right, he has a guard. He picks off counter shots. All right, he's going to have to be prepared to kind of parry, uh, uh, parry uh, and counter off of um, off of uh, uh, Charlo's uh, offense or, or counter counterattacks when he has to. But mostly what he has to do is to work constantly press the action, constantly move his feet, constantly get in and out of range, all right? When he does retreat, retreat at angles, but use that jab to get inside. And once you got him inside, go to work by ripping those body shots, throwing those uppercuts, hooks, uppercuts, hooks, uppercuts, just go to work combination punching. That That's what worked for him really well the first time. And he, again, he's got to make it very difficult for the judges not to give him rounds. If his pace and his punch count slows... It gives Charlo the opportunity to go to work and win rounds, Kenny. Uh, no, I, ha- I have, I have a so so that leads me, leads me to another question. Listening to your breakdown, that leads me to believe that you the only way you see Castaño winning this fight is by twelve round decision. Uh, you don't see the knockout, but Castaño has been talking about knocking him well, out and promising a knockout. So 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 I want to hear thoughts regarding that. What I just 
got from I think, your... I think both fighters could win by knockout. I think both fighters could be, win by decision. Um, because, look, the first fighter that loses focus, all right, and gets caught, because even though Castaño was very good at moving forward and applying pressure behind the jab, he can also counterpunch very well. And one of the best things he does as a fighter is transition from offense to defense. So what he does very well is he'll catch your jabs or catch your one-twos and encounter you right back. Uh, and one, what's amazing about him, too, is that he also does it while continuously pressing forward. So a guy will think that he can kind of keep him at range and box from the outside. But while he's doing that, Castaño's picking off shots and countering. If, if Jermel loses focus like he did in that first fight and gets clipped, and Castaño goes for the for the finish. He might he might get up out of there, right? One thing that I really haven't liked about Charlo is are these accusations he's made about Castaño, which I don't think of have, have much evidence behind them that he faked the injury, that that he's on drugs. I mean, he's made all kind of different accusations. I don't really like that stuff, and I actually do really like Jamel Charlo as a fighter. So I don't, I'm not not actually favoring either of the two fighters this weekend. I just really want to see a really good fight. Do me a favor, everyone. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. I'm not too sure how we're doing on the likes, Kenny, because uh, we we uh, I'm behind the stream you're here, but we got over 100 people watching the show. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And hit that notification bell, ladies and gentlemen. It's about half of us that are watching that have actually liked the liked the video. Come on, show us some love. Get us get the likes up over 100. Let's do that. Yeah, 100%. We got to get the likes up over 100 by the end of this video for sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah, Kenny, any any last words on, on this on this fight? I got Charlo. I think he's going to learn from his mistakes in the last fight. I, I got Charlo by knockout. Um, I won't say no rounds because it's hard to tell. There was a couple times where both of these guys were buzzed in different points, so it's hard to tell. Um mm. But if Charlo is smart, he will try to end the fight earlier on and not let the fight go into the later rounds because it seemed like he was uh, maybe, maybe just a bit gassing out in the later rounds. That's about it regarding, regarding Charlo and Castaño, and it's going to be an amazing fucking fight. I can't wait. All right. Uh, for the last few fights on, on, on this weekend, I'm just going to go simple. Uh, give me a, a quick level of interest, Kenny. One to ten. All right. Um We've got Sergey Kovalev, all right? A guy that you used to like quite a bit, versus Tervel Pulev, who sounds like he's uh, Bulgarian. So it looks like we've got a Russian against the Bulgarian. They're fighting on Fight TV. They're fighting at the Forum in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, all right? Palos Hispanos Hablante. All right, uh, yeah, that's going to be on Fight TV. That's actually taking place at the same time. Will you be watching? And what's your interest in the fight? Is it the same time as Charlo Castaño? The yes. answer is hell no, I won't be watching. But yes, I actually am interested in the fight because isn't he fighting a heavyweight right now? Isn't Cole fighting cruiserweight? That's a jump up. We'll see if, uh, you know, he's old and he's a little washed up, but let's see if that does anything to the man, right? Let's see if he wins this fight against Pulev's little or whatever, brother. Yeah, so my tendency is saying that it's approved at Pulev's little brother. Yeah, yeah, it is. What you need is saying the same thing. So there we go. Definitely a Bulgarian. All right. This one's taking place in the morning, Kenny. You're not always an early riser, but will you be waking up to make sure you got your coffee ready, 
I don't know if you eat toast or oatmeal with your coffee, Evan. Uh, you know, we, we haven't talked too much about your breakfast diet recently, but I know you drink coffee. Will you be getting it all ready to watch Floyd Mayweather Jr., Mr. T-B-E? Oh, sorry, I got the start time wrong. It's actually 2 p.m. All right, so you'll definitely be up for it. Will you be watching him take on none other than Don Moore? Again, live on Fight TV. This is out of the helipad, Bouj Al Arab Hotel in Dubai. Uh, will you be watching, and how do you rate this fight? Yes, I'll probably watch it. And how do I rate the fight? I give it a 1 out of 10. Now I'll give it a 2 out of 10 because we get to see Mayweather. That's it. So so that's why you're interested in the fight, because of Mayweather. Yo, look, man. We don't get to see the flashy defense moves every now and then. They're not as flashy anymore, but, you know, you, you get to remember the old days. You get to reminisce a little bit, you know? There you go. All right. Uh, we got a super chat here from Caleb. I respect that. Thank you very much, Caleb. Thank you for supporting the channel. Caleb says, Maestro A, Maestro A in English. Staying on the grind. Shout out to you and shout out to Kenny T. How do you feel about Ryan Garcia versus Pitbull Cruz being mandated? We're going to get to that right after the rundown. That's going to be the last topic. All right, we're going to get to that. Um, So we'll get to that question right away. Thank you so much for the super chat. All right, uh, Kenny, remind me to get to that after I ask you about the next next fight. Um, Where was I now? Okay, so... This is somebody that was brought up earlier, all right? Somebody that was brought up earlier that I know you're not too high on, Kenny. You're not the biggest fan of this particular fighter. Still struggling to figure out why. You know, we very very rarely disagree about things, but we disagree about this dude right here, Zurdo Ramirez. He's going to be fighting, guess where, on the zone, and he's going to be taking on none other than Dominic Boasel. Rate your interest in this fight. Uh, Dominic Boazel is 32-2-0, okay? Um, and he's coming to us out of Freiburg, Sachsen, Anhalt, Germany, all right? Um, he, he's on a two-fight winning streak. Uh, he actually lost to Robin uh, Krasnacki uh, back in 20, uh, 2020 by, by third-round KO, Um Really, the only fighter on his rec- record that I really, that, whose name really pops out uh, at me. But here we go. Uh, he's going to be taking on Zurdo. Rate your interest in this fight, and will you be watching? If it's at the same time <clears throat> as uh, the Charlo and uh, Castaño fight, I'll probably have it on the other screen. But I'll be focusing on the Charlo Castagna fight. And I do, my, my thoughts is the interest level. Like, I feel like I'd be being a nice guy by giving it a five. Because this is my problem with Zuldo and what he does. If you look at every single person on Zuldo Ramirez's record, yeah, they're all like 30 and five, 30 and four, 30. And, and they've all fought nobodies and they've all lost to top level competition. And, and, I, and I never understand why Zulu fights these people because, yo, people see people believe that you're great. You look like you're skilled. So go show people that you're great. Stop fighting these truck drivers, bro. Go fight somebody. Truck That's drivers. my problem with Zulu. Hold up. Hold up, truck drivers. 
Bro, I, he, I, I, he just fought. He just fought two Cuban amateur standouts and got back to back KOs. Okay, Unieski, oh, the guy who looked washed on, up bro. that that buzzed him several times in the bro. fight. Let's stop playing, Let's man. Gonzalez, come on, put some Let's smack stop. on his name. Where's my put pillow so I can go to on his name, Kenny? Huh? Where's my pillow so I could go to sleep on this fight? <laughs> oh my God. Come on now. Back-to-back KOs against Cuban amateur standouts. Sullivan, Barrera, and Unieski, Gonzalez. But he gets no credit from KO Kenny. He gets gets no credit. He He needs to fight somebody. Go fight somebody. Put some spec on his name, dog. Put some spec on his name. (laughs) He gets no respect. Come on, sprinkle that respect. Nah. Give me a sprinkle. Uh, you get a little sprinkle of salt. Yeah, give me a sprinkle of respect, bro. A Come little on. salt and pepper. That's what you get. Back to back chaos. <laughs> Come on now. Don't be so disrespectful. Anyways, nah. yo, Tony Pugilist, you actually agree with this? Do you agree with this? This, this... Zuldo's super overrated, bro. Overrated? Come on. Super huh? overrated. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Look, we we're gonna agree to disagree. Back to back chaos. Against Cuban amateur standouts, he's forty three and zero with twenty nine KOs. And look, everybody on his record who he's fought, and let me know how many of those names you recognize. Bro, Je- Jesse Hart, that's a big win, bro. Two oh, times, huge, two huge. times. Arthur Abraham, big so win. Big, Come on so now. Big, so Come big. on now. Maxime so Vlasov, bro, the guy that we both thought beat Joe Smith Jr. That's a good win. That one. That's a good win. I've named some good names for you there, bro. No, Come no, on, no, so, uh, amazing names. I mean, he, he 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 sounds like Jamal Jamal Charlo, another dude who's fought nobody that gets way too much props. It just depends who, what community you're speaking to, who gets mad about who you talk negatively about. And I think both Zuldo and Jamal Charlo are both two dudes that haven't fought nobody that are overrated and don't deserve any of the respect that they're getting. Check out the Go Mario P. Read that one out, Kenny. I want you to read it. Zulu beats Canelo. Oh no! He just said it. He, he, oh he, no! He you, 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 you're in a state where where marijuana is legal currently, aren't you? But you just said it, Kenny. You just said he beats I, Canelo. I, I just read it. I ain't say it. it. I read it. You it's said different. It. You said it. Okay. So I got Kenny to say it anyway. I got Kenny to say it. All right. So uh, shout out to Ringside Reporter Live. Big up to my to my bro Ringside Reporter Live. Big up to him. Uh, he's been dropping content all week on Canelo. And no, Canelo wasn't beaten because Bivol is bigger. I'm just letting everybody know that. Okay, it was skill. It was skill, ladies and gentlemen. But if you think I'm wrong, let me know in the chat. Let me know in the chat. Am I wrong? Is my comrade Joe Habib wrong? Because we're saying it was skill, not size. Let us know. All right, so. Last topic. We got to get to it. I told you not to forget. Ryan. Got to see Ryan. Isaac. Isaac. Isaac Cruz. So apparently, and this is coming through the reporting of Mike Coppinger. If you were watching my live on Saturday, you saw you saw I I spoke to Mike on Saturday uh, on the live. I also spoke to Radio Raheem at the same time. And then I saw Akam Barak. Uh, and I caught up with Ade too. All three of those guys from the zone. Um, so yeah, back to back to what I was saying. I always get sidetracked. Maestro gets sidetracked. Maestro's like ADHD over here. What's going on? 
Anyways, the WBC has ordered Ryan Garcia versus Isaac Cruz for a lightweight title eliminator bout per letter obtained by ESPN's Mike Coppinger. The winner would be guaranteed a shot at the current 135-pound champion, who's obviously Devin Haney. All right, but I've added to that that Haney also has to take on Gambosis up to two times should he win. Kenny, first question for you. Are you excited to see Ryan get back in the ring? Two, are you happy about the Isaac Pitbull Cruz fight? And three, do you anticipate that the winner of that fight will take on the winner of George Gambosis Jr., Devin Haney? Yes, yes, and maybe. So, yes, definitely excited to see Ryan Garcia back in the ring. I think the guy is very skillful, skillful, although, you know, you know, the mental health situations and whatever sometimes can make him seem like he's afraid to take a risk or so, you know, which is why I said what I said earlier about, look, you have nothing to say. You're not even facing top opposition about Ryan Garcia. But the guy is super skilled, and so is Isaac Cruz. Uh, he's looking like a short Mike Tyson, even shorter Mike Tyson, because Mike Tyson is already short. But uh, the second question, uh, what was the second question again? Um, Are you excited about this fight? Definitely, definitely. It's a step up in competition. It's going to be a good fight for your boy, Ryan. Yeah, it's an extremely challenging fight for Ryan. This is the type of challenge that he needs to, to make people believe in him again and his boxing ability. He doesn't need to be fighting, uh, I forgot the, uh, the last dude he fought. But he doesn't need to be fighting opponent like opponents Isaac like Dog that. Bay. Was it Dogbay? No, I think Dogbay. Yeah, the Ghanaian. He got you. Um, but no, nah, he 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 shouldn't be fighting a position like that. Isaac Cruz is, is a great level of opposition. Is a step in the right direction. Is going to give him a great challenge. And the guy has a strong chin, so it will be potentially be another twelve round uh, twelve round challenging fight for Ryan Garcia. I think he needs it. I think he needs the growth. I'd love to see it. And the third question was, do I think that the fight uh, with uh, George Cambosis or Devin Haney, uh, of the winner of that, of the Ryan Garcia, Isak Cruz will get that fight? I think they'll have opportunity to get that fight. Will that fight happen? I don't know. Depends on who it is. Uh, it depends on who it is. Isak Cruz, there we go. Tago was the guy. Isak Cruz, um, I said Isaac Dogbay. Sorry, I'm absolutely wrong. I got my head, I got my wires crossed. Yeah, absolutely. It was Dogbay. It's a go, it's a go. Oh, sorry, I just did it again. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Again. <laughs> sorry, I'm lag, guys. I was up late. I, I had a flight that left Vegas at midnight, which was 3 a.m. here, and then I got straight here to New York City. So, excuse hey. me if, if I'm if I'm off a little bit. You've today. been working overtime, bro. It's all good, man. But, um, I think, uh, I don't know. It, it depends who wins that fight. If Isak Cruz wins that fight, he's definitely going to go and try to get that title fight. If Ryan Garcia wins the fight, it depends. I don't know. It depends if he himself feels like he's ready for that type of opposition. I wish he would take it, but I don't know because last time where he was at that level, where he was ready to fight for belts and to be a top contender along with Devin Haney and Tank Davis, and I forgot who was there at that time, he missed boxing for almost two years with mental health issues. So it, it leaves me a little unsure of what could potentially happen. I'm not discrediting the mental health issues. It just leaves me a little unsure because if he doesn't believe in himself, then that fight is not going to happen. So I we have to see if 
we have to see how hard the Eastside Cruz fight is going to be for him, how he performs in that, and how he how he speaks after uh, in the post fight press conference. That that will all determine on if Ryan Garcia takes the next step for that championship fight after that fight. But Eastside Cruz, he a dog. He wins that fight. Oh, he's immediately going for that fight. Well, let me tell you something. I love this fight. Yeah, I love this fight. This is the type of fight where it's going to be electricity the whole time. You know why? Despite the fact that a lot of people don't like Ryan, he's got like electricity. He's got lightning bolts in those in those fists when he throws them, especially that left hook. And unlike his last opponent, he's like Pitbull Cruz, like you just said. He's he's a dog. He's going to be pressing the action. He's going to be moving forward. Someone is getting clipped in this fight. It's going to be a very exciting fight. You've got the shorter guy that likes to get under there and let his hands go. And you got the taller guy that's going to need to use his reach and his range, all right, who can also really punch. So I love this fight. I'm looking forward to this fight. Uh, now, as to whether we'll see the winner take on the winner of Gambosis Haney, that's a little bit more difficult because if Haney wins, he owes Gambosis a rematch in Australia. And he says that, you know, he's already. You know, he already pretty much wants to move up. He's only staying here really for the for the uh, undisputed fight. So I see Haney fighting twice more max at 135. I think it's more likely if Gambosis wins, which most people don't think he will, at least here in the United States, because he doesn't owe Haney a rematch. He's staying at 135, and then that would be a huge event. Uh, so that that's how kind of I look at it. Uh, we got one more super chat over here I need to get to. Before I get to that, Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and consider joining the channel, all right? <laughs> consider joining the channel, all right? But hit that like button and hit that subscribe button before you get up out of here. Chris White, thank you so much, all right? I just want fights that feel like events, something we can throw a fight party for. Canelo fights have been lacking that since Triple G. Okay, you've had your word. Uh, I think a big fight... If it happens, would be I heard I saw there's a gentleman from Ireland that here asking asked a question. I'll answer it right now. I, I lost track of it in the chat, but he want he wanted to ask me what I think of that fight. I think that would be a super fight should it happens. But I see uh, uh, Fury versus Usyk. Kenny, I know you see Usyk possibly stopping uh, Fury, and me, I just think Fury's too big. I just think he's too big. All right, so um, that's what I think of that fight. Uh, Mario Figueroa, salute. Chauncey Burroughs, salute. D-Style Boxing, salute. He says that Cruz might knock Ryan out. Could happen. Could happen. Could definitely happen. <clears throat> yeah, and yes, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. That's what Kenny actually thinks, uh-huh. He thinks that, yeah. that, that Usyk could stop. Uh-huh. I don't see it, but uh-huh. he sees it. <laughs> but yeah, uh-huh. That's what uh-huh, he said. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kenny, before we get up out of here, I know you got an announcement to make. You got this this album, this EP dropping. So let people know what's good. I got this EP I've been working on. It's called All on the Table. It's six tracks. Got some nice love songs. Got some uh, hard rap, you know, drill. Uh, you know, it's uh, hood music. So I'm a hood dude. It is what it is. But. It definitely catches feelings and definitely uh, uh, gives you a lot to think about. It's dope music. Check it out. It's called All on the Table. It's coming out Friday, the 13th of May. That is this Friday. 
check it out. It will be on all streaming platforms. Also, subscribe to my channel on YouTube, Knocked Out by Kenny. Show me some love and support. Appreciate y'all. Drop the link now. 100%. I'll take care of it, Kenny. I got it right there lined up, ready to go. Okay? I got it right there lined up, ready to go. Make sure you click that link. Make sure you hit Knocked Out by Kenny. I want you also to support all of the channels across the HCP network. That includes my brother D-Style Boxing. He's going live for HCP, all right, on his channel, D-Style Boxing. Okay, we got – that's tonight. All right, so make sure you check out D-Style Boxing. We've got In the Ring with Christine, Women Crushing at Wednesdays. All right, make sure you check that out. We've got The Roundtable, all right, which this week is taking place on D-Style Boxing. All right, and then you've also got – Knocked Out by Kenny, I missed that one, and he's right here with me. That's Wednesday, all right? So make sure you check out Knocked Out by Kenny. He's got no-cap boxing recap, all right? I've got a new show lined up that I'm going to be running, all right, that I'm going to call The Final Round, all right? I'm going to do that one early on Sunday, The Final Round, all right? So I'm going to review the previous night's fights real quick before I get to discuss them with my man on Mondays, right here with my partner, K.O. Kenny, all right? So be on the lookout okay be on the lookout for the next round sorry the next round that's the show i used to call into the final round you know it's funny i was actually on um i've actually on uh on the boxing voice yesterday shout out to ness and someone on there accused me of being a steve kim plant trying to get secret information and infiltrating the boxing voice and he was calling in to protect the boxing voice and his evidence to this was that I used to call into a show that Steve Kim did. Well, anyways, that show was called uh, was called The Next Round, by the way. He did it with Gabriel Montoya. I used to call in all the time. And the fact that he knew that must mean that he used to listen to the show. So <laughs> I don't really know where he was going at with that. I was just laughing and chuckling with with uh, with, <laughs> with with Ness about it. Some of his callers are like cuckoo, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Um so, uh, yeah, you heard that, right, Chauncey? <laughs> this dude called me a Steve Kim plant and was calling in to protect the boxing voice from me. Yeah, he was smoking a plant, D-Style. Anyways, so the show's called uh, The Final Round. All right, I was already mixing the intro for it. It's going to be dope, okay, at least by my standards. All right, I'm just going to be dope. Oh, by the way, Kenny, I want your review on something if you've heard it. I had the pleasure of listening to... Um, Daddy Yankees most recently recent album. Oh man, it's good, bro. It's good. I, I heard one song from Bad Bunny's recent album. I was, was just playing on YouTube, and and the so the video gets to a point where he starts running around naked with a girl, and I I, I had to click off, and I, I haven't listened to any more. New I'm not. I'm, I'm not a big. I'm not a big a big uh, Bad Bunny fan personally. Oh, nah, he got good music. Oh, he can't touch. He can't touch. Uh, he can't touch Legend Daddy though. He the goat. I grew don't, up. Don't, on, don't, grew don't, up. don't say it like that again though, please. I, I, grew, I grew up on on Daddy Yankee. That's the album. Nah, that's he, the album's he, name. Legend Daddy. He got skills. He got skills. Oh man, he, he's one of the best ever, bro. Anyways, check out Legend Daddy. Um, I will. And uh, check out Ringside Reporter Live. My brother Joe Habib. Make sure you check him out. Look out for him all week this week because he's going live with these Canelo topics. All right. A lot of these dudes don't really like what Joe's been having to say. All right. People he don't called, like the truth. 
He called Bivol a cherry pick. I don't know if I agree on that one. He called Bivol a cherry pick. He also um, has been adamant, like I have, that it was Bivol's skills, not his size. Okay. That one we're on the same page about. But my brother Joe's been <laughs> killing it. All right. So make sure you check out, um, make sure you check out Joe Habib's uh, most recent stuff on Ringside Reporter Live. You will not, uh, uh, miss it make sure you also check out aftermath by d style boxing okay that he's been putting up some great stuff as well that's a new show on d style boxing and yeah uh that's it from now bro i think i think we good right kenny yes sir it's been a great stream thank you all for tuning in all right take care everyone if you sba pay Call me Young Repo, Old Debo. You can rapidly move your feet, so. But nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? You know that Garrett's ain't for the hood. Turn your cheetah into Cheetos. Flaming, nigga think he banging. I make you take your chain out of places you should tuck your chain in. But no, you can get it back if you pay him. I make you sniff a wheel if you ever think about Jaden. Quit the parading, lighten up like Raiden. Act your age, stop acting like you Asian. Talking like a shaman. Make this trip short like a ride around the Caymans. All that shit you saying. This nigga acting like he was balling out in Chrome Hearts. Came out with a bag smaller than some phone parts. Fuck out of here.